Hey, hey, welcome to LDS Transitions, the place where you can transition safely. Just kidding, it's not about changing you, it's about my experience. So a lot of people think that, hey, you know, I must be anti-Mormon, I must be this, I must be that, I'm an apostate, I've got a podcast and my voice is being heard and I won't leave the church alone. Well... Here's an example of why I won't leave the church alone. Um, But it has nothing to do with wanting others to leave. Um, As much as that would be wonderful, I realize they have to turn the doorknob within themselves to be open to new ideas. I cannot do that for them. Just like the picture of Christ knocking on the door with no doorknob, it requires you to open the door to him. Same with any idea that is structured around anything, such as politics. No one's going to change your mind on politics. It has to be you that changes your mind. If you are set in your ways with politics, um, and you're forever red or blue or pink or whatever the color is for your party, um, yeah, sorry to... Didn't to mean to leave out the Green Party. Um, you know, you have to turn that doorknob, right? You have to be willing to listen to other perspectives. So, anyway, uh, what brings me to that thought process is my father... Um, so, I sent an email, or not an email, a video to my family of my two kids doing a, a race with eggs on spoons, kind of a race. I mean, they're like three and eight years old, right? So to us, it was just cute. They had fun. It wasn't really a serious competition. They were enjoying themselves. It was just a short clip. And uh, my sister responded, they're so cute and happy, I bet they have fun uh, fun every day together. And so I had to uh, respond. I said, they have their moments, but are best friends. You know, because I don't want them to think that, hey, my kids are perfect angels. Uh, this perfectionist attitude among the LDS drives me crazy. And so I just want to you know, throw out there, hey, they're normal human beings, they're kids, they argue like any other siblings, um, (laughs) my father replies back, siblings can forget and get after each other, but Mosiah 4, 14 through 15 can be very effective in helping them control their feelings, and you will not suffer your children that they go hungry or naked, Neither will you. So far, I'm doing good. I feed my kids, and they're not running around naked. Uh, Neither will you suffer that they transgress the laws of God, and fight and quarrel one with another, and serve the devil, who is the master of sin, or who is the evil spirit, which hath been spoken by our fathers, he being an enemy to all righteousness. But you will teach them to walk in the ways of truth and soberness. You will teach them to love one another and serve one another. I happened to open to that page when two of my children needed to hear it from their father, and it made an everlasting impression.
I felt like I jumped back to 1830s with my dad talking about fear <laughs> and eternal damnation and such. And so this triggered me, of course. Um, now some may be out there and they're just like, oh, it's just your dad being kind and generous. And the thing is, is that I grew up in a firm household where there was a lot of soberness you know after all we're not supposed to you know I don't think I can't think of a single prank we played on my dad I don't I can't really think of a single prank he played on us I mean there may have been something very small and simple but there wasn't lightheartedness <laughs> there was a lot of soberness um, you know, we talked about how, you know, rather than my dad going into, uh, scriptures, it'd be nice to just, like, go and do something with them. Um, us brothers have talked about that a bit. And so it's painful. It's, it's difficult when you hear, um this language coming about your own children when you had to deal with this narrative for the most part of your life. So my dad was great. He was very dutiful. Dutiful? It's a new word, right? Um, he was anxiously engaged in doing something. Uh, we had a small farm, and he always had something to do on the farm. Um, he... So he was always busy, right? Um, after all, an idol's hands are the devil's work, right? So a lot of his attitude was centered around fear, you know? We had television um, on and off growing up, and a lot of times uh, my dad would come down and watch and you know, he just, rather than just letting things be, he would just, like, pick and, ah, oh, that's awful, let's turn the channel and stuff. And so we didn't deal with what immodesty is. We didn't deal with as far as, um, not, not that it's immodest, but uh, we had this negative effect as far as modesty uh, so rather than seeing someone in, in a tank top and shorts, heaven forbid, you know, we're like, oh, that's terrible. And hey, our minds must automatically go towards some, you know, pervasive thought. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you're being too hard on your dad or you know, oh, your dad must be terrible. No, he was a good man in so many ways. But to try to counsel me on my children's behaviors triggers me to my own childhood and how much fear was involved. I'd much rather have had my dad, especially with being a tender-hearted person, to just, you know... Hey, talk to me. How's it going? I'm interested in you. Not, are you living right? Talk to me about um, 
just, hey, what are your interests? What do you want to do? What can I do to support you with your life goals? Instead is, you know, expectations about missions and stuff. I never felt like I had a choice to go on a mission. I felt like if I didn't serve a mission, I would disappoint my whole family, everybody I knew, and that it was the right thing to do, and that I would disappoint God, and I wouldn't be worthy. I knew that it'd be hard for me to have callings and and whatnot. It's kind of interesting because a membership record will come into a bishop brick and you know they can see all kinds of information. Oh yeah, you served a mission in Chile or wherever, right? And uh, and so immediately they have a bra- a background on you of okay, yeah, you went through the temple when you're 18. You went on a mission to Chile. You got married, you know, shortly after your mission in the temple. Um Hey, you have three kids. Ah, I bet you're stalwart. Let's get you into the young men's. <laughs> um, there's that type of attitude where it's like, hey, you've done the perfectionist attitudes. You've walked the walk. So you must be worthy. You must be good to work with my youth. Um, anyway, I know I'm diverting. But, so, I did want to give my response, what I sent to my dad. So, I said, I focus on love and lighthearted, which wasn't complete, but kind of a lighthearted stance. As to their sensitive nature, I try to avoid soberness and focus on the tenderness of the Savior had in his ministry meeting with children. I find normal childhood development not evil, but a time to reflect on kindness and reflective thought to help them process their journey and choices being eight and three. I find, oh sorry, process their journey and choices. Being eight and three, I find more weakness in myself than in them helping them always being kind. But when they are unkind, find them in a reflective state, better helps them to process and work things out. I would rather them learn to argue and love than to marginalize and distance themselves from each other. Those that argue and still love seem to be able to move mountains together. And so that's what I sent. I got some good support from my in-laws and a sister. Um and a niece so far, which is nice. I mean, I may hear from others in the family. But my dad sent it in a group message, um, and I didn't want someone to think that, hey, you can railroad me anymore as far as your fear-mongering. <laughs> so obviously I have a an axe to grind when, when uh, someone triggers me. I'm not going to shut up. So that's an interesting perspective about someone that's transitioned. A lot of times it's like, no, I know who I am and I'm going to stand up and say what I'm going to say and I'm not going to sit down and shut up and just listen to you just because you're my dad. I want to say something about it. And especially when you bring it into a public forum. And so 
I've got more of a voice. I have more of a stance and a purpose in life. And I don't go and listen to a scripture and bow down and say, Oh, yeah, that's God speaking. So, yeah, I better I better start being firm with my kids. It's okay when I'm impatient that I'm firm with them. And I shouldn't ever hear arguing in my house. It's one interesting thing my wife mentioned. You know, I when we were dating and married, we'd go to their house, their family side for like birthday parties and whatnot. Just their whole family was just loud. And just, and I'm just like, I'm not used to this. You know, I came from a family of eight kids, so we weren't quiet, but uh, at least I'd, I thought we weren't. So my wife and I were watching, this was a wise back, we were watching a video, an old video of my family getting together on a Sunday, and we had a fairly large house, so it's not like we were all together in one house, but, um, well, all together in one room, and, um, and I don't know who was all there at the time, but it was a Sunday when it was taken, and I may have been like eight years old, and so maybe ten, um, so some of my siblings were out of the house and whatnot. I may have been even as old as 12, who knows. But anyway, um, <laughs> so my uh, wife commented about how quiet our house was. She's like, where are all the kids? Why is everything so quiet? Someone's recording and like you don't have 10 people jumping in front of the camera and, and stuff. And so, you know, our family was kind of designated as a, as a, hey, we've got great kids. I think some people talked about, wow, how did your parents raise such wonderful kids, um, being your parents, you know? Um, and I think, I think they're mostly referring to my dad, but, um, so... There, there's a little bit of angst, you know, and there's a little stuff that kind of dredges up as I reflect back. But there's a lot of fear growing up. And so people talk about transition, and it's like, if you don't want your kid to leave the church, don't listen to the freaking Book of Mormon. Don't listen to the black and white of the Book of Mormon and adopt it thinking that it's correct principles on how to raise kids. Because raising them with fear does not help them. It doesn't help them at all. It harms them. And I mean that with all kindness of heart, but um, if I applied this teaching for my kids and, you know, where's an example of the Book of Mormon showing the kindness of children? It's when Christ is there. That's like the only time I can think of offhand. I mean, sure, there may be others, but that's direct interaction, right? And same with New Testament times. Christ was just tender with children, right? 
why don't we take those as examples rather than other verses, right? So, anyway, it is the life of mine and dealing with my transition, dealing with my parents and family, and, and, uh, so we'll see what my dad has to say. He may just say nothing, but he seems to alienate our kids just fine, right? Or us kids just fine. He seems to be ticking one of us off at some point in time. Um, so learn from your parents, and hopefully you didn't grow up in a family that was fear-based with fear and trembling before the Lord, right? Because kids just need love. Um, If there's mental health involved, they need professional help. If there's prior abuse or some sort of trauma in their life, they need professional help and love. Not a firm hand. But be safe, be kind, rewind. VHS. Yay. All right. Take care, y'all.